we're going to continue our series called Well with God. Being well with God. And today I want to talk with you about being mentally well. That means not being crazy anymore. Mentally well. You and I are very close to the edge of just not being mentally well at times, aren't we? So what we're going to do is in this series, we're doing like one or two decisions each week that are simple decisions that you can make. Things that you can do to actually be well with God. And so today we're talking about being well mentally by being intentional. Being intentional. You see, no matter how old or how young you are, you were created with intention. You were created with intention. Therefore, you need to live with intention. God created you intentionally. Therefore, live with intention. Now, think about this. For the most part, good things happen by intention. Bad things happen by accident. Now, every now and then, a baby is born accidentally, and that's a good thing. I can say that because that's Emma Grace, and I'm so grateful that she is here. I don't know what I'd do in my life without her at this point. But for the most part, bad things happen or accidentally. A good home is only built intentionally. A good family is only built intentionally. A good church exists because of people's intentions. They intentionally did something good together. It takes intention to have a good church. A good, babe, or a good body doesn't just happen. You know, you don't just accidentally have a body like Tom's. It comes with intention. I'm kidding, Tom. Everybody looks at him and is like, what does that look like? <laughs> good relationships, good friendships, they don't happen accidentally. They happen intentionally by two people saying, you know what, we're going to pull this relationship together. We're going to spend time together. By intention, we're going to have a good relationship. A, a good financial position happens intentionally. You say, well, it was, it was just inherited. No, in order for you to have a good financial position, even with an inheritance, that takes intention. Where am I going to invest? Where am I going to place this money? Good intellect doesn't happen accidentally. It happens intentionally. Studying, paying attention to what, what goes into your brain, a good intellect happens intentionally. A clean and wholesome environment for your life only happens intentionally. You making decisions to cut things out of your life, even to cut people out of your life in order for you to have a good, wholesome environment. It only happens intentionally. Bridges are placed intentionally. Can you imagine walking in the middle of the woods and there's this big, beautiful bridge and it doesn't have any road coming to it or after it? How, how silly would that be? It only happens intentionally. Good things, roads, buildings, everything that we have that is good only exists because somebody intentionally did it. An intentional life. If you live an intentional life, it will bring order, it will bring life, it will bring hope, it will bring peace, and it will bring direction to you. 
People who think and decide to do things good and right, who are intentional, will be well, will be better, and with God. In every area of your life, if you begin to live with intention, your life will be better. But when you aren't living with intention, there's going to be confusion, there's going to be frustration, you're going to live without hope, you're going to be comparing yourself to others. Well, what if I, what, what's wrong with me? How come I don't have that? How come I don't have that gift or that talent? You're going to be comparing yourself with other people. There's going to be confusion and frustration. Why don't I look like that? I wish I could sing that well. And the truth of the matter is, your mental health is going to be affected and suffer greatly when you're not living out the life that God intended for you. God created you with His intention, and when you begin to live out that life intentionally, it works for you. And there's peace, there's hope, there's direction, there's mental health. The key to this is looking at who He created you to be and to see what He made you to do in this life. Intentionally, He created you for those things. Now, how you look, your gender, your IQ... Your personality, even your handicaps, your likes and your dislikes, all of it God took into consideration when He formed you in your mother's womb. And that's what the Scripture says. He formed you and made you in your mother's womb just the way He wanted you to be. What happened to you since then? What have you changed? I heard about a lady that was having a surgery and she was fearful for the surgery, and the Lord said, Hey, listen, you don't have to be afraid. You're going to live a long and healthy life for many years to come. She thought, Well, my goodness, if I'm going to live a long life for that long, I might as well make myself look good. So while they're doing this surgery, why don't you just fix my face and give me a tummy tuck and all of that? So they did. She gets out of the hospital a few weeks later. She's like feeling better. She looks better than she ever has. As she's walking down the street, people are turning their heads, looking at her. She's beautiful. And suddenly she gets hit by a bus and she dies. She goes to heaven. And she's like, God, what happened? You said I was going to live a long and healthy life. And he said, oh, I'm sorry I didn't recognize you. What happened since you were born? What have you changed about you? God intentionally made you you. What happened? And God was intentional when he made you, and you need to be intentional with your life. You say, well, John, this didn't happen by, you know, I, I look the way I do because of an accident or whatever it is. Here's what you need to know. God will take you from the moment you're at and recalculate your destination. You see, good things happen when you're intentional. And what you'll find is when you begin living out life like this, you'll begin having meaning and purpose to, to move towards the intention with which God created you. But the world will tell you, you know what? The way to be the unique you that you want to be is to be like us. Conform to us and then you'll be the unique you. That doesn't even make sense, but we buy into it all the time. Be you by being like us. I'm surprised that's not a commercial on TV. Be you by being like us. 
think like us, act like us, believe like us. And God says, be you by being the person I created you to be. Then you'll be the real you. Then you'll be the unique you. And look at what the scripture says, Romans chapter 12. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. So God can tweak, he can fix, he can help you with what you think about. Then you, and look what he says, here are the results. Then you will learn to know God's will for your life. How many of you want to know God's will for your life? What is he saying? You'll know the created purpose with intention that God created you. You will begin to know that. And look at what he says. His will is good and pleasing and perfect. That's beautiful. So God says when you come to him, your thinking can change. He can begin to work in your life. You can be transformed into a new person. Now listen, I'm, he's, he's not talking about me changing the way you think. He's not talking about the church or Christians changing the way that you think. What is he talking about? He's talking about him changing the way you think. And how many of you know that that is good and that comes with good intentions? When the world produces something, what do they produce? Mass production of the same thing over and over and over. Bunch of Twinkies, right? When God produces something, every one of them are different. I don't know. I haven't looked at snowflakes under a microscope. But I am told that every snowflake is different and unique. That's amazing to me. And if he can do that with trillions of snowflakes, don't you know he can do that with humans? And he has. You are uniquely made by God with intention, just the way he made you, with purpose and reason. God made you with intention. However it was that you got here, God has intention for your life. You say, well, John, I was an accident. No, the scripture says he formed you in your mother's womb. He made you the way that you are. He gave you talents. He gave you abilities. And he gave you the way you look, your personality. He made you with intention. And living your life with intention means you're asking these questions. Why did God create me? What did God make me to do? And who did God form me, make me to be with? Have you been living out those questions? Have you been living in a way that lives out the answers to those questions? And if not, how can you do that? Well, let's talk about it. You say, well, John, wait a second. Before I can even begin, to, I mean, I've messed up so much. I've messed up so much. I've disfigured my life, and it's irreparable. It's too late for me to get on to what you're saying. God's intention for my life is impossible for me to get to. No, it's not. No, it's not. And the interesting thing about God's purpose and meaning for your life is that it's always recalculated based upon where you are at the moment. You ever made a wrong turn while you're following Google Maps or, or your GPS? What happens when you make a wrong turn? Recalculate. Can you imagine if Siri goes, oh, I'm sorry, well, too bad, you're never going to get there now doesn't happen there's always a recalculation turn around or turn left and then just keep working your way back you see that's what God's plan and purpose in your life is like it's always recalculated wherever you are this morning there's recalculation happening in your life and you just need to 
get on to it. Listen, there's health for you. You just got to be intentional and take the new route that's recalculated for you. There's healing for you. There's financial freedom and peace for you. You just got to take the new route. There's mental peace for you. You just got to look and be intentional with the recalculation and make those changes. Make that, cha- make that corner. Make that turn. Make that U-turn. There's victory in your life. In every area of your life, you just have to be intentional and begin to take that new route. That new route. Well, John, I've messed up too much. No, you're recalculated. It's time to get on that new road. In the Old Testament, there's a story of a man named Samson. And it starts in Judges chapter 13. And it says this, Again the Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight, so the Lord handed them over to the Philistines who oppressed them for 40 years. Now what's interesting about this is, these are the same people that we're seeing Israel fight with today, the Palestinians. They are the Philistines. Remember David and Goliath? Give me a man. And all of that. He was a Philistine. They they were constantly fighting with him. Isn't it really awesome to see the same thing happening to this very day? That's pretty awesome. Uh, Maybe I'm crazy. You see, God had a better plan to deliver the Israelites. He had put them under this bondage. Why? Look what it says. Because Israel did evil in the eyes of the Lord. So the Lord let them be under this this slavery, under this bondage. And they were oppressed for 40 years. And so God had a plan to bring them out of that oppression to be able to be free again. And he began the process with a barren woman. A woman that could not have a baby. And she she was hurting. You know, you can imagine, especially back then, your whole life's value for a woman was based upon whether or not you could have children, especially to have boys. It's just the culture that they lived in. And in the Old Testament, anytime you see the angel of the Lord, and all caps for Lord, L-O-R-D, all capitalized, that is code for Jesus in the Old Testament before he was named Jesus when he was born here on earth. So Jesus came to her. And he, he came to this barren woman and he said, you're going to have a baby and here's what I want you to do. He gave instructions to her. He told her that she would have to change her lifestyle. She would have to be intentional from this moment on in order to accommodate for what God was going to do through this son This mother would have to change her lifestyle to do what God wanted him to do. He told her, from now on, I need you to be careful never to drink another alcoholic drink or eat any kind of forbidden food. You see, God had purposeful and meaningfulness for her son's life. And she would need to guard that. And it started with her. And then he said this, don't ever let your son's hair be cut. So he said, this is what I need you to do. Then Jesus left. And when Jesus left, and before we get there, let me say this. He said this, this is the reason for it. Uh, Judges 13, 5. For he will be dedicated to God as a Nazarite from birth. He will begin to rescue Israel from the Philistines. So he tells her, this is why I'm forming this baby inside of you. I need you to protect this baby. I need you to watch over him. I need you to change your lifestyle so that this baby can do what I want the baby to do. So she got up and she ran to her husband. She said, the Lord came and visited me. And this is what he said. And her husband goes, oh man, I need more details. I need more instructions. 
We need more than what he gave you. I don't understand what in the world is going on here. So he went and prayed. He said, Lord, please let the man of God come back to us again and give us more instructions about his son, that is the, the son who is being born. And the Lord came back. Isn't that awesome? He came back and he, he answered that prayer. This time he waited while she ran and got her husband. She was like, okay, God, you or whoever you are, you spoke to me. Last time my husband had some questions, I need to go get him. Can you wait right here? Because he's going to ask me more questions about what you said to me, and I want him to hear it straight from you. So she runs, and she gets her husband, and the, the husband uh, asks the Lord for more instructions, and look at what he said. Look at what Jesus said, and it's really funny because Jesus didn't really add much to the conversation here. He says, be sure your wife follows the instructions I gave her. She must not eat grapes or raisins, drink wine or any other alcoholic drink, or eat any forbidden fruit. This kind of sounds like what happened way back in the Garden of Eden, didn't it? Make sure your wife doesn't eat all of this stuff. I have purpose, I have meaning, there's a reason for this baby going to be born. When you give your life over to God's purpose your life becomes meaningful, and you need to accept that with willingness to be intentional in your life from that moment forward. You see, from that moment forward, these people's lives became very intentional. What they ate, what they drank, God's purpose for this woman's life, and, and what they were going to do because he had intention for this baby, it mattered. Their son was born and his name was Samson. And the scripture says that as he grew up, the spirit of the Lord began to stir him. And what does that mean? It means God's spirit began to lead and guide and direct him. God's spirit began to place in him desires that would lead him the right directions in life. Lead him to do what God wanted him to accomplish. And specifically, and y'all are going to love this, specifically the Lord put in him a desire to like the Philistine women. That's hilarious. One day a certain Philistine woman caught his eye. He's like, oh, she's beautiful. And he went home to his parents and he said, I want her. I want to marry her. Get her for me, Daddy. <laughs> and you can imagine these parents. They had changed their lives from since this child was conceived. They, they had changed their lives to accommodate for this kid that was born into their lives for God's purpose. God had said, don't eat this, don't drink this, and you do all of this. And here's this son. He's got long hair. He's Fabio. And, he's, and, he's, and he comes running home, and he says... I have found the woman I want. And they're like, no, no, he's going the wrong direction. He's attracted to the wrong kind of women. And they are like, why, 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 why? And listen, if you've ever seen a Jewish guy that's, that's angry, I used to have a friend at one of my locations. I don't know where he is now, but when he would sit at his desk and be angry at times at what's going on at work, you ever seen a Jewish guy get angry? Maybe in a movie or something? It's hilarious. They just are all over the place and they're mad. You can imagine what happened in that home that night. Our son, you've lost your mind. What is wrong with you? There are beautiful women in our own clan. Why would you do this? You're, you're so despicable to us. We're so disappointed in you. 
You can just see what happened in that home that night. And after all of that, finally they just pause and let Samson answer. And he says, "Mm, she looks so good to me. She's so pretty. I got to have her. Get her for me. And look what it says. At that time, the Philistines were in control of Israel, and the Lord wanted to stir up trouble for them. And that's why he made Samson desire that woman. God is a military strategist. Pretty awesome, isn't it? And he still is. Don't be mistaken. He knows what's going on in our world. So on their way to meet her, they were traveling through the vineyards, and Samson was off by himself for some reason. And at one point, this fierce young lion jumps out and starts trying to grab him. And and look what it says. But the Lord's spirit took control of Samson, and with his bare hands, he tore the lion apart as though he had been a a young goat. And And listen, he said nothing to his parents about this. He just ripped that lion apart, and he just kept going. But you've got to understand, it was at that moment that he realized, I've got some kind of supernatural strength going on here. I just ripped that lion apart. How did I do that? Listen, when you begin moving forward in your life, in a relationship with God, and you become intentional to live out the intended life that God created you for, God's purpose and meaning in your life, you will begin to see His supernatural strength in you. You'll begin to forgive people that you didn't think you could ever forgive, including yourself. You'll begin to have strength to take risks that you never thought you would take. You know, I talked earlier in the service about how you would be able to share Christ with somebody. Because you shared Christ with somebody, they'll, it, when, when you get to heaven, they'll be like, thank you so much. And some of you sat there going, phew, that's not for me. I'll never be able to do that. Listen, you'll begin to see strength happen in your life in ways that you never thought you would have. You'll begin to accomplish things in the kingdom of God that you never thought or dreamed you'd be able to accomplish. You'll have strength to overcome an addiction. You'll have courage to stand up to your oppressors in life. You'll have strength to endure more hardships and troubles and trials. In fact, you'll be able to endure to the death. God will give you the strength to stand up for Christ even to the death. You've got to follow His plan, though. And you'll begin to see strength like you've never seen. I have a friend that he's he's preaching this morning at a church. He and his family started. But some years ago, he was addicted to meth. But he came to Christ, and God gave him strength and the ability. You would never look at this guy and ever think that he was ever on meth. Isn't that beautiful? And some of you sitting here this morning, God gave you the strength to overcome an addiction in your life. So Samson married this Philistine woman. God had made him uh, attracted to her. And on the way to the wedding, he went over to the place he remembered where he killed the lion. And he saw the lion carcass laying there, and there were bees in there. And he reached down, in there, and he pulled some honey out, and he started eating it. And he took it to his parents. He said, hey, look, I've got some honey, some fresh honey. And his parents ate from that. Well, at the party, the Philistines had assigned 30 young men to come and watch him. They were afraid that, you know, something crazy was going to happen. And Samson came up with an idea. And he said, you know what? All right, guys, 
Come on, let's have some fun with this. I'm going to give you a bet. I'm going to give you a riddle, and if you can tell me what the, the answer to this riddle is, I will pay you guys, with each of you, a brand new shirt and a whole outfit. That's 30 outfits. But if you can't tell me what the riddle is, the answer to the riddle, you have to pay me 30 outfits, 30 brand new shirts. That's a pretty good deal. So he says this, out of the one who eats came something, something to eat. Out of the strong came something sweet. There's the riddle, guys. You figure it out. Well, after a few days, they couldn't figure it out. So they came to his new wife and they said, look, if you don't, figure, if you don't find out what the answer is for us, then we're going to burn your father's house with you in it. We can see that happening with these people today, can't we? So with tears, she went to her husband and she started manipulating him. You don't love me. You hate me. You've given my people a riddle, but you haven't told me the answer. I haven't even given the answer to my father and mother. Why should I tell you? So she cried whenever she was with him and kept it up for the rest of the celebration. What a great honeymoon. At last, on the seventh day, he told her the answer because she was tormenting him with her nagging. Then she explained, now I understand, she was, her life was threatened, right? So it's a big deal. Then she explained the riddle to the young men. So before sunset of the seventh day, the men of the town came to Samson with their answer. We got it. What is sweeter than honey and what is stronger than a lion? Samson replied, if you hadn't plowed with my heifer, I thought that was hilarious. Are you guys listening? You wouldn't have solved my riddle. Then the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him. And this is so crazy. I don't, I don't get this. He went down to the town of Ashkelon, killed 30 men, took their belongings, and gave their clothing to the men who had solved this riddle. But Samson was furious about what had happened, and he went back home to live with his father and mother. So he's mad at his parents. or he's, I'm sorry. He's mad at his wife, so he went back to live with his parents. Now, thinking that Samson was gone, his father-in-law is like, okay, we'll just give you over to the best man. So he gave his daughter to the best man from the wedding. Yeah, it's pretty funny. One day, Samson started missing her. This dude was messed in his mind, wasn't he? He was missing her. And being a glutton for punishment, he said, well, I need to go find her so that I can sleep with her. So he went back to town where she was, and, and when he found that she'd been given over to the best man, he, was, he went nuts, absolutely furious. So he went out and he caught 300 foxes, and he paired them up, and he tied their tails together, and he stuck a torch in their tails, and he set them loose out into the vineyards and the orchards and all of the, the, the places where they had the groves, and burned all of their stuff down. So the Philistines went, they were like, okay, who caused this? The bride and the father-in-law. So they went and got them and they burned them to death. Ouch. And then it just begins to escalate. So Samson, when he finds out what they did to the woman that he was angry with and his, his bride and all of that, and the father-in-law, he became all the more angry. So he went and attacked the Philistines. Then the Philistines came back and they attacked Judah because he belonged to Judah. And so Judah was like, oh my goodness, we've got to figure this out. So they took 3,000 men to arrest one man. 
And they found him and they said, don't you realize that the Philistines rule over us? What's wrong with you? What are you doing to us? Listen, people will forever be telling you not to change your life, not to become intentional. People will forever be telling you you're always going to be ruled by sin. You're always going to be ruled by whatever your addiction is. You're always going to be a loser. People will always remind you of the family failures that you come from. Listen, these were allies. These were people that should have said, we want to be free too, and you're our path to that freedom. And all too often, people are willing to remain being a slave, and they certainly want to remind you of your history, your past, and your slavery. God wants to give freedom. And the Israelites were willing to remain under the Philistines' rule at that time. Oh, Samson, come on, don't don't make waves. Stop doing this. We just want to live and eventually die. And that was their attitude. Let's not make this harder. Let's just live and die. And you'll have people in your life that keep telling you that. Just live and die, man. This life is short. Just endure the pain. You have to decide that you're not going to let that stop you. I'm going to move forward. I'm going to be intentional with my life. I can, with God's help. And Samson Samson said, okay, tie me up and let me go or take me over there to the Philistines. And as Samson arrived, he was tied up. And look what it says. The Philistines came shouting in triumph. But the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon Samson. He snapped the ropes on his arms as if they were burnt strands of flax, and they fell from his wrists. Then he found the jawbone of a recently killed donkey. He picked it up, and he killed a thousand Philistines with a jawbone. That's crazy. Samson became a judge for the next 20 years. He made some serious mistakes along the way. He even went and saw prostitutes along the way. But every time he made a mistake, guess what happened? And this is why I'm telling you this. Every time he made a mistake, his path was recalculated back to his purpose. And it's true for you. It's true for you. And now we come to the part of the story that you've probably heard of, Samson and Delilah. Samson fell in love with Delilah. Most likely, she was another Philistine. That's where his taste was. That was the point of this whole story. Philistines had access to her, so most likely she was a Philistine. It doesn't say it specifically. The Philistines came to her. They said, Delilah, if you can figure out how we can tie him up and have him, we will give you 1,100 pieces of silver. Now, Jesus was sold for 30. 1,100 was a lot. So Delilah went to Samson. Please tell me what makes you so strong and what it would take to tie you up securely. Samson replied, if I were to be tied up with seven new bowstrings that have not been yet been dried, I would become as weak as anyone else. Is that true? Nope. So the Philistine rulers brought Delilah seven new bowstrings, and she tied Samson up with them. She's like, oh, I just so happen to have this. Let's test this out. 
She had hidden some men in the inner rooms of her house, and she cried out, Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you. But Samson snapped the bowstrings as a piece of string snaps when it is burned by fire. So the secret of his strength was not discovered. Afterward, Delilah said to him, oh, You've been making fun of me and telling me lies. Now please tell me how you can be tied up securely. Samson replied, well, if I were tied up with brand new ropes that had never been used, I would be as weak as anyone else. So Delilah's like, well, it just so happens I have some brand new ropes here. And she tied him up again. The men were hiding in the inner room as before. And you can see them all tucked in the room waiting for this to happen. Samson, the Philistines have come upon us. <laughs> come fix this. And what happened? Samson just snapped them. Then Delilah said, you've been making fun of me and telling lies. Now tell me how you can be tied up securely. Samson replied, well, if you were to weave the seven braids of my hair into the fabric of your loom and tighten it with the loom shuttle, I would become as weak as anyone else. So while he slept, Delilah wove the seven braids of his hair into fabric. Then she, tight she tightened it with a loom shuttle. Again, she cried out, Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you. But Samson woke up, pulled back the little the loom shuttle and yanked his hair away from the loom and fabric. Then Delilah pouted. How can you tell me you love me? How can you do that? When you don't share your secrets with me, you have made fun of me three times now and you still have, haven't told me what makes you so strong. She tormented him with her nagging day after day until he was sick to death of it. What does that mean? It means he's like, I don't care if I die. I got to stop this nagging. Finally, Samson shared his secret with her. My hair has never been cut for I was dedicated to God as a Nazarite from birth. If my head were shaved, my strength would leave me and I would become as weak as anyone else. Delilah realized he had finally told her the truth. So she sent for the Philistine rulers. Come back one more time, she said, for he has finally told me his secret. So the Philistine rulers returned for their money and, with their money in hand. Delilah lulled Samson to sleep with his head in her lap. And then she called in a man to shave off the seven locks of his hair. In the same way, she began to bring him down. In the same, in this way, I'm sorry, in this way, she began to bring him down. And his strength left him. Then she cried out, Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you. Man, this guy. Fourth time. When he woke up, he thought, I will do as before and shake myself free. But he didn't realize the Lord had left him. So the Philistines captured him and gouged out his eyes. They took him to Gaza, where he is bound with bronze chains and forced to grind grain in the prison. And look what it says. But before long, his hair began to grow. James David, would you come? Samson was blind. His eyes had been gouged out. His strength had been wasted on women who didn't love him. They didn't care for him. He had made some really bad choices in his life. But every bad choice, he was always recalculating.
they put him on the grain grinder. It's where they grind the grain down into flour. Just kind of gives you a visual of it. And Samson, for the first time in his life, he had to work without supernatural strength. And you can imagine how weak he felt, eyes gouged out as he began to push by himself that grain grinder around. Alone? He's thinking about his life, the strength that God had given him, the intention that God created him with. I'd left it behind. And here I am, walking in circles every day blind and some of you feel that way some of you feel like your life has just flashed before you and you're just walking in circles blind where am I going to go what am I going to do I've wasted my life my strength on stuff that didn't matter and here's the beauty of it his hair began to grow longer his hair got, the more hope filled his heart. Maybe, perhaps, I'm recalculated and I can get back on to what God intended for me. The Philistine rulers held a great festival, offering sacrifices and praising their God, Dagon. They said, our God has given us victory over our enemy, Samson. And when the people saw him, they praised their God, saying, our God has delivered our enemy to us. The one who killed so many of us is now in power. They felt like they had been victorious. Half drunk by now, the people demanded, bring out Samson so he can amuse us. So he was brought from the prison to amuse them, and they had him stand between the pillars supporting the roof. Samson said to the young servant who was leading him by the hand, Place my hands against the pillars that hold up the temple. I want to rest against them. Now the temple was completely filled with people, and the Philistine rulers were there, and there were about 3,000 men and women on the roof who were watching as Samson amused him. I don't know what he was doing, some kind of dance, I don't know, but he was amusing them. Then Samson prayed to the Lord, Sovereign Lord, remember me again. Oh God, please strengthen me just one more time. With one blow, let me pay back the Philistines for the loss of my two eyes. Then Samson put his hands on the two center pillars that held up the temple. Pushing against them with both hands, he prayed, Let me die with the Philistines. And the temple crashed down on the Philistine rulers and all the people. So he killed more people when he died. Than when he had than he had during his entire lifetime. What is the point of this? The point is, he had a purpose for living. God had created him with intention. He messed up miserably along the way. Number one, God has purpose and meaning for your life. He created you with a purpose and meaning just the way He made you. And it's time for you to believe that. It's time for you to see it. It's time for you to accept it. And it's time for you to love it. And secondly, no matter how off track you've gotten, 
your path is recalculated. And as you sit here today, you better know that there is an opportunity for you to walk out of these doors and be on that new path. Your path to his purpose and his meaning in your life is recalculated. You say, well, John, I've messed up too much. God must hate me. I've done too many wrong things. I've ruined myself. I've, ruined, I've used all of my greatest strength for the wrong things in life. And God says, oh, no, 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 no. It's recalculated. You can still finish why I brought you here. And third, you need to determine today that you're going to be intentional with your life from this moment on. God created you with intention. You need to live your life with intention. Live it with intention. The test or the results of this, your mental health. You're going to be healthy. You're going to greatly improve when you're living out the life God intended you to live. If you're living a life of confusion, hurt, wondering why you were created the way you are, it's time to give that up. And it's time to say, thank you, Father, for creating me with intention the way that you did. And I want to walk out of here with that intention today. Would you bow your heads? Begin to talk to him about it. God, I thank you that you have purpose and meaning in my life. And today, I submit to that. Some of you need to make decisions about your health. God, I'm going to change these things. Recalculate. I want better health. How do you get that? Ask Him for wisdom. Maybe it's eating differently. Maybe it's exercising. Whatever it is, it's time to live with intention. God, I need help with my finances. I want to be financially secure and strong. Guess what? There's a path to that. It's recalculated. Walk out of here and live that path. Make decisions right now. God, I want to live intentionally. My marriage needs help. Guess what? There's a path for that. Begin to live with intention. God, when someone died years ago, my life changed. Guess what? You can get back to God's purpose and His intention, and you can find healing even though that loss is there. Don't let that loss dictate the rest of your life. Live with intention. Father, thank you for a new beginning, a new life. You've recalculated my life, and I give it over to you. I want to walk with you for the rest of my life. I give you my heart. I choose you to be my God. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name. Thank you, God. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I just want to give you an opportunity this morning to say, yeah, John, I made a decision to walk with God from this moment on. I gave my heart to Him today, and my life is going to be about Him. And if that's you, right where you are, just look up at me until your eyes catch mine. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Amen. Amen. Amen.